0: Luke chapter 19, verse 28 through 38. I'm reading the famous snapshot of Jesus transitioning into the last phases of his earthly ministry, triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And uh, everybody say, Jesus showed up. up. Boy, you know, sometimes we need resources, we need uh, perspective, we need counsel, we need help. it just takes somebody visiting. And I, th- I think about a couple of examples. Um, my f- I had a friend who was a pro uh, hockey player, and he had a surgery, and he was in the hospital, and he was still uh, coming out of his sedation, and he was laying on his back in the, in the room, and uh, unfortunately, he vomited and he aspirated and breathed it in, and he was choking. And he, he he was out of it where he couldn't reach for the the button to call for the nursing station, and no doctors were on uh, uh, making their rounds at that point. But a janitor was was uh, made a visit and was on on her rounds. and she she watched as she walked into the door to clean out the trash cans and, and clean up the bathroom and wash the mirror, she heard gurgling. and she looked over to my friend and immediately, went over and gently turned him on his side off of his back, and it makes me emotional, and cleared out his air passageway and saved his life. Everybody say he had a visit. Had a visit. I'm telling you, we need, we need uh, in this world of remote and digital and virtual, there's nothing like when we have a true contact. You know, there's just some things that just are without substitute. And I want to show you This snapshot from history shows that in the past, uh, Jesus came in on the scene, and I'm going to show you presently he's available to come in on the scene, and I'm going to even go to the book of Revelation and talk about in the very end of days, he is going to visit and fulfill his purposes, and he's going to show up. He's going to visit. Hallelujah. So. Verse 28 through 38, New American Standard. I'm going to read Jesus entering in. Now, he's had this three-year earthly ministry. The Holy Spirit was upon him. Uh, It says in Isaiah 61 and Luke chapter 4, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord anointed me to come and basically seek and save that which is lost. He came to set captives free. He came to take the alienated and separated humanity and with the price and sacrifice of his own shed blood, he built a bridge and reconnect fallen humanity back to a holy God, not on the basis of our performance, but on the basis of his performance, that he suffered and died so we could have eternal life. And this is just a few days prior. And Jesus says in, in the context, he says uh, to them, go, it says, after he said these things, he was going on ahead and going up to Jerusalem. Can I tell you? Jesus is always going on up ahead of us, and he's always going on up as well. And no matter how crazy and turbulent the world is, wars and rumors of wars, you know, it, it, it's $100 to fill your gas tank to get to church. All of a sudden, church is quite, uh, you're, you're putting value on it when you get in your car to go now. So, and, and yet God knows how to meet our needs because he's faithful, and I'm going to show you past, present, and future he does visit us. And certainly here's what he did. When he approached Bethagy and Bethany near the Mount of, that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the villages ahead of you. There, as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. Now you and I, we've all seen in our history classes or even in Period movies, you know, from, from the past, you know, when the potentates would arrive, you know, the they, they would have these, these slaves carrying on a pole some somebody and they're all exhausted and they're carrying somebody and they're fanning them and that kind of thing. And, you know, even in today's world, entourages with limos and you know, blacked out uh SUVs and then people with the, you know, mirror glasses, aviators and everything with the suits and all that stuff. But here the king of kings and the creator of the universe enters into Jerusalem on a lowly little service vehicle, a colt. And I tell you, that is in fact, he's so amazing and powerful and yet he's so humble and accessible. And there, this, this really speaks to me. This really speaks to me. And it's prophetic that, that this would come to pass this way. And so they say, well, if, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say, the Lord has need of it. And so those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. Jesus knew what was up. And they were untying the cold. As they were untying the cold, its owners said to them, hey, man, uh, why are you untying it? The colt, And they said exactly what Jesus told them to do. The Lord has need of it. And uh, so they released it. They, you know, God touched their hearts to to be generous. And and they brought it to Jesus and they threw their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. And also in another gospel, uh, palm leaves was popular at the time. During the, this, area, this period of Palestine and Roman occupation. And that was a statement of honor to put palm leaves down so that it would separate whoever was there from the dirt and the mud and so forth and the grime of the world. Verse 31 As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles. All the signs and wonders, all the supernatural which they had seen. Shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. If you're an underliner, get your pen and underline the word comes. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So the idea here, you guys, is like my friend when the janitor showed up in his room That visit changed everything. Or like when we had to make a 911 call at 1.30 in the morning when we found out that our chimney flue had caught fire from a creosote buildup from our old uh, oil furnace that had not been adjusted properly. And it was amazing to see seven uh, of those uh, tanker trucks pull up and men walk up to uh, put out the fire. Uh, Or the time when after the boating accident, when the U.S. Coast Guard swimmer jumped out of the helicopter and swam up to the boat, uh, it is something when you have a visitation. Uh, Locally, there's a place called Visitation Academy amongst the Roman Catholics. And during the Jesus movement, the Lord was doing amazing things in that context. And I'm telling you, he wants to and does do these things over and over again. Now, I'm asking you a Bible question. Is it true that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a colt and they said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord? So how many of you would say he left the splendor of heaven, came to earth, suffered and died uh, to retrieve us uh, from our sins? That's what the, and, and he that comes to God actually must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So, you know, one of the rock stars that I listened to in the 70s boasted about being a deist and, uh, you know, or kind of an atheist or a deist. He would go back and forth on it. And um, so I looked up the word deist and uh, a deist is somebody that sort of acknowledges that some sort of power created the the universe, but that there's no way that, that there's any more involvement from that power. So, like... The, the whoever the being or whatever the entity that is, it's so vague that the it, for the deist that it's it's like eh, there might you know might be some kind of maybe may, maybe but definitely they're not involved anymore they wound up the alarm clock and they're just letting it tick and they're not in, intervening and sometimes Christians can get in prayerlessness and get discouraged and uh, draw back and through like a two-year pandemic or to see some of the things going on in the world right now, we, we get tempted to manage our expectations. But I'm telling you, the Lord is actually calling us to understand that he is available, that he is so present. The Bible says that in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And in his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And that where two or more are gathered in his name, there he is in our midst. And even in 2020, when we had Easter and in the foyer, and we had to do it digitally and we had to send it out, and for about four months we didn't gather together because people were telling us what to do with this and that, and we're trying to be compliant and respectful and not j- uh, spread disease or put people in harm's way. So we did it, but we did not close off the message of Jesus. In fact, It kept boring holes and got what the enemy meant for harm. God turned around for good. Now we're reaching out. I'm getting calls from people in other countries, pastors that are watching routinely that are getting touched by the Holy Spirit. Lives are being turned around. So what the enemy meant for harm in terms of suppression, the word of God is not imprisoned. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. And I'm telling you, God is near the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And when they saw him, they were rejoicing over all the miracles that had been done. And I'm telling you, the God of miracles is undiminished. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe this. My wife believes this. We've endeavored to teach our children this. Now we're getting grandkids and we want to train them up in this. I believe in God that you understand the past, present, and future nature of the visitor who visits us. Psalm 106, verse 4, is so powerful. This is what was prayed by the psalmist. Look what he says in Psalm 106, verse 4. Remember me, O Lord. Or you could say it like this. Hey, remember me? Remember me? Remember me, Lord. In your favor toward your people. Visit me with your salvation. I had a... um, a good experience of getting to fish with some friends up in Wisconsin uh, year after year. And um, the fishing guide, his name was Richard, he had been fi- a fishing guide for over 70 years. His, the backs of his hands from, he didn't even use a, a trolling motor, he used oars. He was so old school. And he was up there in his 80s, and he was very dismissive when we would have conversation. He could, well, So what do you have to say about that, preacher? That kind of thing. So it was the opposite of the amen corner. It was like the cricket chirping corner and the, you know, the, you know, the, the evil eyes thing. And, um, you know, I said, I, I was one time in the boat. I said, yeah, there was, hey, I was fishing with this friend. And I said, hey, you know, there was a guy that came in a wheelchair. He's 92 years old. And for the first time in his life, he gave his heart to Jesus. And the, 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 uh, the guide said, you wouldn't be saying that for my benefit, would you, pastor? And it was like, busted, you know. Well. We would have conversations around the table, and it was mainly contentious and mainly antagonistic, but I'd, I'd give it my best shot, you know. And some of the family, they were believers, and some weren't. And so it, 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 it was a really interesting dynamic. And, but I prayed a lot for Richard. And one of the off-season times, between times we were together, he had a terrible uh, hemorrhage of some type in his, in his abdomen, and lost so much blood. They kept having to give him units of blood and transfusion. And, and, and they, the doctor just got to the point where he, he said, Richard, you need to call your family in because there's nothing more medically we can do. And basically was letting him know this is it. So Richard, instead of inviting the family in, he said, okay, thank you, doctor, for your honesty. said, okay, please, I, I, I just need to have time alone. And the Richard that was resistant, that... Just didn't, wasn't interested, you know, talked to the hand, had to talk with God. And here's what he said to the God who visits. He said, God, you don't hear from me very often. You know, he, he's, I haven't visited you, but if you get me out of this, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. He bartered with God. God being so good, said, okay, and fixed him. Hemorrhaging immediately stopped. He came out, and I'm telling you, the twinkle in that man's eye, the beaming of his countenance, his, his face had changed. His, and, he, and he was just, and his, it was a humble. He was no longer argumentative. And he, he, and, 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 he, and he told me, he said, you know, actually, nobody really knew this, but I used to watch Robert Shuler, Hour of Power. So why didn't you tell me for the last 10 years I've been talking to you, you know? Seeds were sown. Everybody say seeds were sown, seeds were sown. and um, they were allowed to germinate and grow in his life. And God, he had a visitation from the Lord, and I got to pray with him, and open, you know, out outward confirmation, confession before men, prayer with, with his family and some of the other ones out there on the deck, uh, in between meals and fishing. How about that? He got saved, and uh, I, I just. I want to tell you, it's kind of like he said, remember me, O Lord, in your favor toward your people. Visit me with your salvation. Can I tell you that David, King David said, you know, you're with me in high times and hard times. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. I have found as a Christian that during the times when it was really great, I felt like I was really you know, in terms of performance, I was in the Word and prayer and things were good. And, you know, I was walking in, in right and no unconfessed sin, trying to stay on track. And You know, and God, of course, you know, that's all exciting. But then what about when things are rough, you get depressed, circumstances change, you're disappointed with yourself, you're not praying enough. And yet, here the Lord is, the same yesterday, today, and forever The God of infinite love and mercy. Say this with me. The Lord is good good. and his mercy endures forever. Say it again. The Lord is good good. and his mercy endures forever. Let me tell you about another visit example. There's a man that was in the last service. I ran into him at the airport. It was during the time after the terrible tsunami. You guys remember the tsunami in Southeast Asia? It killed a quarter of a million people. And uh, we tried to get into Indonesia. The doors were closed, but we went into Sri Lanka. The water had wrapped around, and they suffered on, those border, on the, the coastal areas. Uh, people lost their homes, many lives. God opened a door in that primarily Hindu and Buddhist place, and the Service International poured in there. And we had all hands on deck, and this guy was a creative um, architect by trade. He said... I can design um, construction. And uh, we others went uh, on preliminary visits, and we located a man named Raj, who looked like uh, Tommy Chong, long beard, long hair, looked like Chong of Cheech and Chong. And he was a pastor that was, he had reached into uh, former heroin addicts and had led a bunch of them to the Lord. We found out we could buy equipment to build concrete blocks, so we actually bought equipment, hired these uh, available uh, workers under the leadership of this local church pastor that really really was sincere and and dedicated, and we coalesced with them. We poured in, and uh, we we began to make these concrete blocks, and we built uh, something, I don't know how many, 110 houses up above the tsunami line and got those villagers back into homes, and he had a whole bundle of wound-up blueprints, you know, like some of them were in tubes, some of them were in just rubber bands, and he had probably, I don't know, it looked like a dozen or more under his arm, I said, and I saw him, and he said, hey, pastor, I said, wow, you look like you're going somewhere important, doing something important, he goes, well, yeah, but let me show you what's the most important. So he laid them all down on one of the chairs at the airport in the, in the gate. You know, we're in between flights, and he's going into one place, and I'm, he was going to New York. I was going somewhere else. We, uh, he unrolled it, and, and he showed me, this is the house that I designed for Sri Lanka. And it has, here's the bedroom, and here's this over here, and here's the restroom, and here's the... And then he said, but, you know, I added something. I studied about their culture, and they're such loving uh, people with such a focus on connection that they, they needed, I felt like they needed to have a patio with a cover so they can, because they, they love to have community. And so none of these houses down below had this, so I decided to uh, upgrade it and put some fries with it. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, so he put that, I don't know if he called it a vestibule or whatever, and I thought, well, Cool. You know, because of the hardships of our life at that point, I was never able to go to Sri Lanka. I only was the sender. In fact, a lot of the great missions of our church, we've had such heavy attack that I wasn't even able to go to Galveston when they had the hurricane or Sri Lanka, but I was able to send. So sometimes when we feel like we've had the stuffing knocked out of us and sometimes when we feel like I've had more of a a Katrina or tsunami, uh, I've had my own. Uh, But yet, God shows up. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And sometimes if we can't go, we can send. We can give toward it. We can pray about it. But be sure of this. We're not going to be practical deists just dismissively saying, I don't know. God's not, he's not going to. No. Listen. God cares about your kid's shoulder. God cares about your bank account. God cares about the situation in your marriage right now. I'm telling you, the, the Bible reveals a father. Jesus pulls the curtain back and he says, have you met my father? And, and he reveals his love for us. He reveals his interest in us. So this guy told me, past, in the last service, he said, I'll tell you what, remember when I said, oh yeah, these other things aren't as important as this thing? He said, well, I was going to the Social Security building in New York, and I, part of the plans and the other bundles where I was building a security perimeter of ballards around the building. And he said, and and then he mentioned about my foundation series on Sunday. He said, I had to build them in such a way that they were so fortified. And he said, I just got a report that something happened where over by one of the subway exits where hundreds of people spill out onto the street, uh, uh, some kind of a bus accident happened but it careened off of the Ballards. He said, had somebody wrote him and said, had you not build the, built the Ballards the way you built them, uh, over 100 people would have probably been killed because of the crowds. And, you know, that's a city that never sleeps, and the, the sidewalks are six, six lane highways of people, you know. And so, God, listen, we serve a God that'll visit and pour out his spirit on your prayers. On your child rearing. Yesterday we were getting ice cream with our... Did I say this in the service? Did I say this in the service? And I did it at the offering. Well, I'll say it for the sake of the message. The girl that served ice cream to my grandkids and to my kids said, I went to jump for eight consecutive years. And and the seeds that were sown and the life alteration that occurred. And it's funny because that was... An ice cream restaurant here, and then there was another restaurant just across the parking lot. That when uh, Addison and Steve was it A- it was Addison and Steve's, was it or was it Taylor and Megan's? Addison and Steve's wedding at, at, at that other restaurant. The boy came out of the back and he said, When I went to jump, it changed my whole perspective on God. So, whether we can do jump the same way or not, we're figuring it all out. But the fact is, we're gonna sew. We're going to believe God. The times I was able to go to the field and go preach, the times I wasn't and I had to send people, the times you felt able and capable, the time you felt crummy and, and and like things were difficult. Let me explain something to you about the grace of God and the mercy of God and the availability of God. God, would you please visit us today? We need a visitation. And God, we are not going to be deists that just dismissively say, Ah, forget it. No, we're going to be supernaturalists. And I'm not talking about fanatic flakiness. I'm talking about people that believe in the promises of God. People that say, God, I'm trusting you. And in fact, in the book of James, it says, draw near to God. And what will happen? He will draw near to you. And we just did this during praise and worship. Uh, Psalm 100, we enter in with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Why? Because we know he's there and he's listening. He's he's present to help in the time of need. Psalm 46.1, God cares and is interested in your deal right now. God shows up in the midst of our need. He showed up in these villages. He fed the 5,000. He healed all manner of sickness and disease. And he'll do it again and again and again. God still visits for personal deliverance. One of my kids had some illness. The doctor packed up her young children, got in her in her family car, and drove and did a house call. Can you imagine? That, that's from the 1800s, man. But I'll tell you what: when we visited our neighbors after the flood of '93, that's exactly what Mrs. Rombach said. This is like a family reunion. This is what uh, Carmelo Natoli said to me. He said, where are you people from? He said, you're like you're from the 1800s. (laughs) Because we're following biblical patterns and we're not ashamed of the gospel and we prefer personal connection rather than distant isolation. We actually believe God shows up wherever we go, his Holy Spirit is with us. Wherever we go, he's gone out before us. Wherever we go, His eye, he guides us with his eye upon us. And whatever we face with God, all things are possible. You heard it prophesied through my wife earlier. She didn't know what I was going to preach. And she said, what did you preach in the first service? I'm not going to tell you. You'll have to hear it. Because... <laughs> And I didn't mean to be, I wasn't being snotty, like I usually am. But I was, at that point, not trying to prime her pump in case the Holy Spirit wanted to say it. Sure enough, what she prophesied was my message, basically. And I'm almost out of time. But I want to tell you, God visits us, and he offers us opportunity for personal response to him. When he showed up in Jerusalem, they, of their own volition, took off their coats and cut the palm leaves and shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And this is what we're under instruction today on Palm Sunday in the lentil calendar year, you know, so to speak. But it's really to be every day. We open wide the gates and say, come on in, Jesus. I need you on this situation. And that's what I like about King David. He didn't just go, hey, I'm really doing great. I'm going to fellowship with you, God. Oh, I'm not doing great. I'm going to go hide out. That's what King Saul did. But what David did is he kept running to God with his high times and his hard times, right? And that's, that's what we do. That's what we're to do. And we're to do it with this major faith quotient, major faith quotient that, God, I know your ear is inclined to my prayers, and I'm going to trust you, and I know I'm going to get breakthrough because you're the master of the breakthrough, and you're mighty, and you're not weak, but you're mighty. And, and, and strong is he who carries out his word. You watch over your word to perform it. And uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but you will not pass away. Thank you. That's the amen corner over there. That's the, that's the biggest area of the golf course. It might be where you feel isolated like, you're like a little pipsqueak out there bobbing in the ocean of life. When I was lost at sea, let me tell you, Jesus was there with me. It's hard to explain. I was lost. Nobody knew where I was. I couldn't see a human being anywhere. Uninhabited island, only one boat within, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of miles. And they found me. But before that, Jesus never lost me. And you might be this person that's just, I I pray if you're depressed, you get bumped back out of it and you don't stay stuck in that and that you get a breakthrough today and you get hope today, I'm praying for you. If you've been anxious, I pray God brings comfort to you. I'm not talking about religious medication where you just just numb, uh, and, and, you know, just it's an opioid crisis in the world because people just are numbing themselves and self-medicating. But I'm telling you, true walk with God is by no means an opiate of the people. It's a meat and protein of the Word of God. It's true health. When you walk with God, you know you have a God who will help you out. He'll walk you through your battles. Dritan Gashi over there in Kosovo, his brother, they were Muslim, and his brother wasn't a Christian. And he gave him a gospel tract similar to one of these. And, he, and, he, and when they were separated because they were all uh, run out from the hate from the Serbians, it was another one of those ethnic cleansing hate things from hundreds of years. And uh, he hugged, they hugged each other. And, and, he pray, and they, they were gone for 72 days from each other. They reunited back in their town when the peace accord was signed. And, and said his brother held his brother and said, I prayed for you. He said, I prayed for you too. He went, what? He said, I prayed for you. And he pulled that tract out and it was all crumpled. And he said, I gave my life to Jesus, Driton. He gave his heart to the Lord in that moment. Maybe this crazy time that we're in, could stimulate more and more people to get out of apathy and to get on track with God. In churches like ours and people like you and me, we're called to become proficient, not as deists, but as theists who believe in a God who is supernatural, who is faithful, who is abundantly available to help. I make no apology for what I'm preaching. I know God to be good. I know a God who answers prayer. I know that he's been faithful when I'm faithless. I know he's loving and merciful uh, to sinners. And I know that there's help and there's hope for every single one of us in here and you guys online. God also visits to fulfill his purposes. And I want to go to an interesting verse as we close. Revelation twenty two twenty. 20. I thought this was cool because that's an inversion of 2022. It makes, you know, I'm not really into that sort of stuff, but for the purposes of this message, I think it's cool. Revelation 22.20. We're going to get ready to close. Past, Jesus showed up. Present, remember me, O Lord, in your favor. And, and, and visit your people. Visit me with your salvation. Visit me with your salvation. You need a visitation? Richard, my, my uh, fishing guide, did. God, I, you don't hear much from me. I don't visit you much, but would you visit me? Jesus said, sure. Fascinating, isn't it? I was waiting waiting for you to ask. You know, even when the the Coast Guard guy, the swimmer that came out of the helicopter when we were in in the ocean, two hours off the West Coast shore out by Catalina Island in the ink black, uh, moonless night, darkness, came up to the edge of the boat and asked permission to board. I, I Googled it and I looked up the law of the sea. You're not allowed to enter, uh, board a, a vessel without, unless you ask for permission. It's a military thing. Even when, the, when the, the Coast Guard did that, then also so did the lifeguards that came from Avalon. They came around in a boat and they said, permission to board? I was like, yeah. We did call out the SOS. Mayday 911, you know what I mean? Imagine Richard in that hospital. Vague concepts about the gospel, watching Christian television, arguing with the preacher in the boat while we're fishing, acting like he doesn't care, hardened and cold and distant. Like a deist. Maybe there's a God, maybe not, I don't know. Well, God, you, know, you don't hear much from me, but if you get me out of this, I'll serve you. God got a hold of that guy. It was a miracle. It's in his late, late years of life. And then he, when he passed, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. But let me tell you what we have to look forward to. This was the first coming. But I've got my eyes on the second coming. And in Revelation chapter 22:20, 20, the last two verses of the last book of the Bible, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the lord jesus be with you all and the amen corner said amen Amen. the practical steps i want to encourage you to take your faith has been built that jesus showed up in jerusalem on the mount of olives he's going to come back on the mount of olives it's going to be so breathtaking it's going to split and it'll be like a, what was a hill will be a valley a big vast valley and uh, it's, it's going to happen Jesus did come and he is coming again but whatever's going on in your world like the guy that got fired right before his bonuses like the architect that's trying to make it in life and he's figuring stuff out and God get, right in the middle of his work he volunteers at church you got to watch out here because this church has so much going on. You just, well, I, I, I can draw a blueprint. <laughs> Come on, let's go to Sri Lanka. He said he had never flown in an airplane in his life. And the first, I told and his wife looked at me and said, the first flight he ever took on a plane was halfway around the world. <laughs> you got to watch out when you get in a church like this. Because God will raise up your gifting and he'll anoint you because he knows you. And he has a plan for you. He has his, like she prophesied, equipping in you and he is past, present, and future tense, the visitor who visits. He's with us in trouble. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. When we repent, he forgives us. When we confess his word, he watches over it to perform it. When we pray, we believe, we receive. Let's all stand up on our feet. Let's shout amen. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. See, I pray visitation on your life, blessing on your life, fruitfulness in your life, And I wanna advise you and encourage you to get alone with God. I'm gonna do this this week. I'm gonna go get alone out in the woods. Get up, get outside, have a conversation with God. And if it says, be as realistic as my my fishing guide, Richard. God, you haven't heard from me a lot lately, but here I am. And just watch God as you dust off your faith and say, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. I believe I receive when I pray. Say this with me, with God, All things are possible. I want you to high-five the person next to you. Happy Palm Sunday. God bless you. See you use your palms. We didn't have palms, but you use your palms. Get your palms and high-five each other. God bless you guys. Have a great week. See you at Easter.